You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you really look at what you're entrusted to do and that people are depending upon you to do whatever you can to best maximize what they can do with their dreams, that is a, it is a big responsibility but extremely fulfilling, very self-motivating in, in that light. And it's, you know, I feel extremely fortunate that, that I've been given that opportunity and do not take it lightly for one second. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, Dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank, right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, Seth Levitt, DJ Preach is in the back, and my main man, OJ McDuffie Juice, we are back in the Wingfield living room, and it's a special occasion. Man, man. always, man, this is a Big, huge occasion, man. You know, it's always good to be back in the building. You know, I talk about that all the time. You know, one thing players like myself miss is being in the building, man. So we're back. Was well, that player with an R or with an A at the end? There? Play, yeah. Yeah, that's what Play, we yeah. graduated sure. to. Sure. Well, listen, this is a moment that we've been waiting for quite some time. Head coach Mike McDaniel, welcome to the Fish Tank. We're really excited to have you here. I mean, not as excited as I am to be here, you know. I'm just pumped you guys gave me the invite. <laughs> the invite yeah, has been yeah, out it's there been in the mail. It's for been quite in the some mail. time, yeah. but we understood that uh, things had to happen the way they needed to happen. But we're here and we're in the moment. Well, happy to be here, and I, I can't wait to get started. Let's get started. Then, Drown man. me in this fish tank. Let's go. <laughs> so, Coach, you've been here 123 and a half days. Well, who's counting, right? Who's counting, right? Um, yeah, that's three quarters. <laughs> three quarters. <laughs> 123. How long is your birthday today? Yeah, we, okay, three quarters it is. Yeah. So what, if anything, have you, you learned in this time period? Um, anything surprised you at all? And, you know, has there any been a moment like, you know, damn, I'm the head coach of Miami Dolphins, which is, you know, you self-proclaim that it's your dream job. Tell us a little bit about the first 123 and a half, three quarters. There you go. You know, I think one thing that was uh, something I couldn't foresee, something that was kind of surprising was the the realization when when you have your footing within the building and you're you're getting to you uh utilize all these different relationships and is that you work your whole career to get the opportunity to have this job and you're going through the coaching ranks and you have that pinnacle which is um to be a head coach and when you get to your dream job the one that you've been preparing for your whole career 
at that moment is when you're the most dependent upon other people mm -hmm. to do your job. So that I don't think people really, um, well, maybe people try to articulate it. I don't know uh, if they did. I didn't hear, I or I just, it, I just didn't, re it didn't resonate with me. But it was, it was something that I, I felt early, and it brings you back to uh, what is your job as the head coach, and that's to, you know, really the way I see it is to serve everyone that's working for you, um, because you are um, quite literally vulnerable to what they're able to do because there's just there's just it's too big of a undertaking to do anything close to it being one person right you know it's like the ultimate team on top of a team sport so so in that process it was early and often i realized that i better trust every person that, that i'm working with and um I, it's my job to pick the right people to uh to touch the players, for instance, as a coaching staff. And then on top of that, it's my job to really empower them. And, you know, as a people get it kind of twisted, um, as a head coach, you, you really have to um, make sure all the people that are, are working with you for that ultimate goal, they have, you have the power to give them the tools they need to do their job. So that... That has been a really cool part, something that you, you're not really, it's not on the front line of what you're thinking about when you're jumping into the job, but wow, is it, is it impactful and overwhelming and really visceral when you're going into the office on a day-to-day -day basis. Has there any, been any moments so far where you're like, oh shit, I didn't know this was part of the gig though. I mean, geez. Um, you know, I, thankfully, uh, my career path the, the people that I was able to work with, they they kind of gave me a, a lens into the job for an extended period of time. So I, I think that for the most part, I haven't really been surprised w with regard to what the job responsibility is. For the most part. For the most part, yeah, I think, you know. <laughs> Nothing uh, stands out, so that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is a short window that, that I've, you know, what is that, those 123 days um, and when, when you're quarters. Doing, and three quarters cool. don't want to short change today right. um, that it's fast and furious when you you're trying to get everything um, coordinated and and planned out and get everyone on the same page so uh, there hasn't been much downtime to kind of really sit back and do anything but go to the next day and what's the next thing so in that period of time that we very clearly have established uh, how many days it's been. There hasn't been a lot of time because you've run an entire off-season program here, mm -hmm. off-season conditioning, we've had mm -hmm. the OTAs, we've had the mini camps. Uh, how have you felt about what your team has accomplished during this time? And then as you see your guys, kind of like as a parent, you see mm -hmm. your kids packing their proverbial bags and they're heading out for, for this six-week break, what is your approach to what that should look like and what message are you sending them off with? Well, uh, it's been very gratifying, satisfying, because you, you make, you know, it, it's fast and furious. You're, uh, you get a call on uh, February 6th at 2.46 p.m. West Coast and said, hey, you have a job. Next day, great call. The, uh, 
I, I think it was a great decision, by the way. Yeah, yeah right. Um, there you go. <laughs> the, uh, That's right. That's the, right. Uh, then the next day, you're flying out. You're flying out to uh, uh, an opposite side of the country, uh, and then you're meeting with coaches. And that whole week, so that whole week, you're you're trying to establish a staff, and it ha- that happened for like the next really two weeks. So there's a lot hitting you fast and furious. Sure. When I got here to the Miami Dolphins, one thing that was very apparent to me um, when I walked through the building, this this being my seventh different franchise, it was obvious to me from the jump that the people in the building were were very eager, were very qualified. It was a well-oiled machine with the support staff and it was like, wow, these these people are yearning for everything to be in concert and go one direction. So you make that assessment, and then for you to have a off-season program, um, and then on top of that, you're you're assessing the players in the same regard, and right. yeah. you're see. All I saw was a, a a team that had a very hungry young roster that uh, for the last two seasons started the first quarter of the season behind the eight ball and then found a way to have a winning record. So between the, the, the building and all the people working within it and then the, uh, the players and, and the young hungry individuals that um, I saw and then on top of that, a fan base, mm. it was like, wow, this is what an opportunity. If we can just go in one direction, I think we could really make a lot of leaps and bounds in terms of how we operate on a day-to-day basis and get everyone moving in one concerted effort. So for now, looking at after the entirety of the offseason, that's the satisfying part because you're, you're projecting this idea. You think you're right. You don't totally know until it happens. Sure. And what I do know is that we you know, from all those stops in, in my path that you know all in when you see it. And from the meal room all the way down the building to players, coaches, everyone, they have not wavered. There's, you know, we, it's always tricky when you're importing a, a new philosophy and a new uh, just way of going about business. Are people going to resist? And there's been none of that. I'm, right. ve- I'm very excited about the work we've put in to position ourselves to continue to work to ultimately gain results. So the, the, it is what it is. We are several months from playing a game. We're, I think, from Saturday, we're 45 um, days away from reporting back to training camp. And, but for what we, can accomp- we could have accomplished from February 7th when I got my feet on the ground to now very pleased with uh, where we're at that's good to hear that's definitely good to hear but but again all that hard work and everything to get to this point and then it's like bye guys I'll I'll see you in a month and a half right so like what do you say to them when they because they're grown men you've said that you want to treat them like grown men but did you bug me because I was just talking about that today. I, I prefer not to answer that with the camera. Uh, all right. um, no, it's it. Football is a collection of individuals um, working towards a common goal. In that, you can't do anything by yourself, and so there's a lot of trust that has to 
be undergone and you, you really have to trust your teammates, so to speak. Uh, and so what I talked to, to uh, the team about, uh, specifically today, as a matter of fact, is the, to understand that it's not only, you know, when you're going on your days away, it's important to relax, it's important to spend time with your family, but also it's important to position yourself so that at the start of training camp, it's vital that your teammates can count on you to be in training camp shape, not get to training camp and get in get shape. In shape right. Because what yeah. happens there is then you have soft tissue injuries, people have setbacks, and the team can't afford that. We're, we're a young team, but you know, football, the opportunity is always now. And you, and you have to jump at that. And anything done that doesn't prepare you for when training camp starts, it affects other people. Right. And this is, you're not just affecting yourself. Understand that your teammates are depending upon you to do what's right when no one's watching. Yeah. And, and that, so that was a major um, point that was made today along, as well as commending them for the, the job well done to this point. Understand that doesn't mean wins and losses, who knows? Yeah. Because you you haven't gone to that stage yet. What you can control is the off-season phase one through three, and we I feel very confident that we've put our best foot forward so that we can we, we position ourselves to compete in training camp where the organization and the fan base wants us to compete at. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Coach, when you, you talked about the seven different stops, and let's talk about when you arrived in Miami. You came mm -hmm. here, and a lot of people uh, viewed you kind of as a, a run game expert. But when Seth are looking back, you've had your foot or fingerprint on or coached like every single position on the offensive side of the ball. And with that expertise, you know, especially for me, like when I was playing wide receiver, I look back and like, you know, I talked to a DB on the other side mm -hmm. and they asked me, you know, OJ, how would you attack me? Or, you know, or I'd ask them, you know, what am I doing wrong? What am I, what are my tells? Mm -hmm. So I think with that being said, you know so much about offense. And does that prepare you to be able to coach both sides of the ball pretty much every single position because of, you know, what you know about offensive play per position, and that can tell you what how defensive players should be playing okay. as well. Well, first and foremost, that is great investigative journalism right there. I mean, that you is just got called journalist right there. Hey, I'm on that side now. <laughs> but you're exactly right. So one of the things that really I feel is helping me do my job um, with the Miami Dolphins is that 
I, I've been afforded the opportunity to immerse myself in different positions, not only just interacting with guys, but more so being involved in position groups. I was I started in the pass game as a, a receiver guy. And so when you're in that room and then you transfer to offensive line and then you're you're in quarterbacks and being in the room with the guys, you have to put yourself in their shoes. When you put yourself in their shoes, you're talking directly what applies to them, not in big picture, but you know, really really micromanaging Okay, this uh, as an offensive tackle, what does it mean when the nine techniques in a two point and their outside foots up? Okay, a receiver, um, what does it mean when it's bump coverage and the DB is two yards off as opposed to right in your grill? All of those things, you you get not only are you getting an expertise in the position that you're coaching, but you're also on the flip side getting an expertise on the d- defensive players. Mm-hmm. So as a head coach, it's very valuable um, to be able to speak from everybody's walk of life, to, to relate to them, to uh, know the issues that they have. You know, there's, you don't realize the stress that offensive tackles have, for instance, when they're playing a Pro Bowl rusher until you're in that room and it's like wow now i get why there's some false starts and on right. third and seven because it's a known passing situation and and guess what nine times out of ten you're out athleted because that's the nature of um that's why that guy's on right. that side of the ball yeah right? yeah and, well, in and, that and just defense and in, in general, general yeah. if you don't know what's if you don't know the play and you're having to react to someone that's probably going to require a little more athleticism. Makes sense. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, the, the reactionary. Ath- so all of those things, I think you, you don't go into it thinking that, you know, it's not like I started my career and said I needed to do that um, to be a head coach. I didn't really, you know, the, the opportunities that were in each walk of life that I just jumped on those. But an unintended consequence and um, something that I'm glad that, I'm extremely grateful that I was afforded those opportunities is that you can um, better relate to players and, and put yourself in their shoes, which is what they need. Yeah. And was there any experience along the way that impacted your life that, you know, that in regards to becoming a head coach that you were able to impact a certain position a little more than others, uh, maybe, you know, in Washington or, you know, what you're doing in San Fran or just in general? Um, there were, you know what was a game changer for how uh, I've approached X's and O's mm-hmm. um, was the 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 Washington days for sure because we were what what people don't realize is we were doing you know we, we drafted uh, Robert Griffin the third and started him as a rookie and we did a bunch of zone read and unique generally when you do a new type of scheme. In football circles, you you bring outside people in that have experience with that are experts in that in that area, and you get kind of clinicked. Or, um, but the situation we were in in Washington, we kind of problem solved and did our own. So that problem solving in the NFL game was so invaluable at a very impressionable age. That kind of all of us have 
from from that staff have really um, reaped the benefits of that. So that from then on, moving forward, you know, then then I go to uh, Cleveland after that, and then Atlanta, then San Francisco. The way that instead of bringing a system and having players just put into it, you more so learn how to adapt your system to the players just to try to survive and keep a job. And that that way of thinking, I don't think would have existed organically had had that period of time not happened. So that that was very impactful, and uh, I, it renders itself very useful, really, each and every football year after that. So this this week, uh, one of my favorite things is watching the coaches' press conference. It's kind of become when we on the post game <laughs> show, Travis always says that I'm the press conference consigliere for some reason. I don't have PR background, but you gave what I felt was a very interesting answer to a question about your coaching style. Someone asked mm-hmm. you about your coaching style and where it came from, and I thought you gave some really neat perspective and talked about how you really didn't pattern yourself uh, mm-hmm. after anyone, and, and I thought it was very insightful as to, to why. Um, but I do wonder, like, you're coaching and you're studying the game, but, you know, are you also studying kind of the art of leadership? And was there anything in, on your path uh, whether it was within football or outside of football, that you sourced to not copy or pattern, but to just kind of build and start to compile the, the leader that you would become, whether it was a book, whether it was another leader. I'm just curious. I, I always find it fascinating what highly successful people do to source um, areas of information that they're going to then kind of craft and become their own person. Um, the, I would say that, I'm, uh, I was a history major, um, and I'm into documentaries. Uh, what I say there's a, a particular exact example, uh, I'd be hard pressed to say, but I, I, I do know one thing. I've always thought there's a competitive advantage by taking things from your experiences mm-hmm. that people can often miss what's right in front of them. So, in a deliberate nature, just observing how people respond to different types of uh, encouragement, criticism, development. I've tried to pay attention to the point that I've uh, probably oversaturated with. Like, I don't. Have, there's not somebody that just rings out into my head. Yeah. Um, when this is all over, you'll be like, oh, I should have thought of that. No, exactly. <laughs> so then I won't sleep up. for three nights. And well, I don't want that to happen. You need to get your sleep on. There's not a lot of that in this business, from no, what I understand. No, but it's. Um, I think it's important. Uh, the bottom line is, is that we're in a business that what can get lost in the whole process is that the best way I can lead is that I fully invest in people and try to get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. And that authentic intention, so to speak, I think, I, I think goes a, a lot further than people give it its due. So I, I'm sorry if I don't totally answer the question, because honestly, I don't really, nothing jumps off. I, I just know I've been influenced a lot by a, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different avenues. You know, the second that I got a Netflix account, I was just killing the documentary game. We'll have to get some recommend. We'll have to get some recommendations. On yeah, documentary. No, I love a good documentary. There's a there's a lot of good ones, but cool. We it, can get that after. All there to me, there's information that you can exhaust that's right in front of you, and it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly okay. 
player coach football. But you can find that practical application from something that you saw Absolutely. that may have nothing to do with football. Absolutely. And I, and I think that gives you, there, there's a lot more relatedness to coaching football players and um, being a part of uh, an organization and motivating people. There, there's, there's information uh, s- surrounding each and every moment of your life if you just pay attention. Hmm. Pay yeah, attention you talk Jesus. about, yeah, it's very it, it, deep. It's always, <laughs> always, man. I love it. I love it. You talk about leadership, you know, I mean, I was thinking about, you know, what I want about the process. Um, when it, you're talking about a little bit, some, some of the things, Seth, that you might have drawn from, but also the responsibility as a leader, you know, players, coaches, um, you know, you've been there. You've been in a lot of the, the coaches' shoes in particular, you know, for 15-plus years as assistant coach. And given the time you spent, you know, as an assistant coach, your career in their shoes, what do you think those individuals that you're coaching now, that you're the head man of, what do you think some of the things that they need or expect from you as the head man now? Um, I think they're one of the pillars of my coaching philosophy in general is not to lose sight of the fact that everyone involved, you, you, just, you just walk into the Miami Dolphins headquarters or this is their dream. Regardless of where you're at in the building, regardless, or if you're a player, you're dealing with people's dreams. Um, and so never to take that lightly, mm. to understand that you can impact their dreams. And so I, in, in its simplest form, that's how I view my job is to, to never stray from that idea that, hey, you have the power to participate in, be a part of, and your job is to really do everything you can to really maximize what, what people are able to get out of their dreams. That is an incredible responsibility um, which makes it pretty easy to um, do whatever it takes to to get things done. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's hard work, or you don't feel like you're overwhelmed, or th- that it that it's so exhausting when you're when you when you really look at what you're entrusted to do, and that people are depending upon you to do whatever you can to best maximize what they can do with their dreams that is a, it is a big responsibility but extremely fulfilling very self-motivating in, in that light and it's you know i feel extremely fortunate that that i've been given that opportunity and do not take it lightly for one second i've never thought of coaching I, I, like that no caretaker know, of man, dreams i know right it's pretty cool yeah so and how um so far have the the coaches been responding especially my boys sam and pat and wes <laughs> How have those cats been responding to the opportunity you've given them? Um, well, you know, the, another part of the uh, the job, as I see it, is not to for you to do the job and connect with people as best possible. Is not lose sight of when you are in their position, because the second, so then, when you don't lose sight of that, you can better relate to their journey, their issues. Uh, what gives them concern on a day-to-day basis, what motivates them, what, what empowers them. And for me, I didn't take lightly at all when a boss of mine would say, hey, here's the objective. 
you're responsible for it. I'm not going to micromanage it. So pulling back to the whole, you know, when I was reflecting on, okay, uh, and planning for hiring coaches, part of the pillars and really the foundation of that was, okay, who could thrive in that type of situation? Because to me, if you have autonomy to a degree, or if you are, you have your own responsibility and you have the right people, those people you'll get the most out of because they'll feel like it's they're owning something while also, you know, they might find different ways to uh, do stuff that, that is far better than you can even have thought of because they feel ownership. They're a part of, you know, it's a, and I make sure that the staff never lose a sight of the fact that it is all of us together. And with our coaching staff here, they've really, it's, it's been very awesome for me to watch them work. And um, I, I actually told the offensive staff today when, when we were watching film, I said, you guys have done an outstanding job um, attacking the whole process. And really, all you've done is proven me right. So thank you. Right, right. <laughs> Make you look good. But, but that's that's the way. That's the way I think. Um, I know for me, my experiences. Uh, I, I know that was um, very impactful, and I think that um, when everyone is recognized for having a ton of, uh, at the end of the day, they have a ton of ownership. It's like we have a ton of minority owners with, within the coaching staff and and within the building, yeah. and and that. You know, to me, over time, you'll you'll reap the most benefits. Coach, you're talking about spending time in the offensive uh, staff and and meeting. You know, the guy above you spent like his whole time in the offensive room. Do you find yourself bouncing around now, though? To since you know so much about so many positions, do you bounce around a little bit to from meeting to meeting, or do you find yeah. yourself more in the quarterback no, I, room? For for me, I think it's important to be everywhere yeah and so to have a relationship so that you can say x y or z to any given player at any time and for them to respond to you you they you have to have investment in their process in their uh and so whether it's just coaching staff meetings uh, i make sure i'm involved in those player meetings they'll I'll randomly kick the door in to <laughs> j- just to keep them on their toes. Any um, cool music that you have played while you, when you do that? It's happened multiple times. <laughs> uh, I haven't had, I haven't had a. Uh, no, generally I don't really have like a uh, any, a boombox or anything of that nature. I'll just do a a shock and awe, literally kick the door in, <laughs> um, and just and just keep them on their toes, and then say uh, say one or two lines that I have prepared that I think are funny I'm not sure if they'll hit but if yeah. but regardless I just say it and exit so that so they, it doesn't right. matter the re- in, in your my- mind they hit oh yeah every time <laughs> never misses yeah. I love it good sleep should come naturally and with the new natural hybrid mattress it can a collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies shared values premium materials meticulous craftsmanship and sustainable practices made with natural latex responsibly sourced natural wool and environmental 
Natalie-safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. So it kind of leads me to my next question here. Something that I consistently hear, um, whether it's people who are working with you now or people who you have worked with in the past, uh, say about you is that you're just very comfortable being yourself. And the yourself that we're all learning, um, to me, comes across pretty unique. Uh, refreshing is a word that I hear a lot. Outside of the box, occasionally we hear. And, and what I wonder is, your entire professional career has been in a world that hasn't taken too kindly to outside of the box, right? This is football oftentimes, or at least the perception, is that there's these very strict boundaries and there's a way that you act as a football player or a way that you act as a football coach. And, and I just wonder if, whether it was coming up through this process or even in these 123 and three, three quarters, quarters days, thank mm-hmm. you, um, have you ever felt the need or even pressure to conform in any way? Um, you know, it was so, coming into coaching in general, I, I was aware that, you know, I was a 22-year-old in in Denver and then as a 23-year-old in Houston was my first full-time job. You know, there was Andre Johnson in his prime and I was a kid that played Ivy League football. <laughs> so understanding that I had to have value for them to listen to me was one piece, but the bigger piece that was interjected is that if um, early and it was something that just hit my brain was that if players can smell a fraud mm. from a mile away mm. and the second they that you give them anything that isn't true, honest, and, you know, wh- whether it's actual information that's correct or just you being yourself, there's that people are paying more attention than you realize. Yeah. So... With that being on the front end of my career, I, that's the only the only way that I've uh, really kind of seen the world, and and there was a lot of you know I, I I was in the same system around very similar people. Started with Mike Shanahan, but then I was uh, with Gary Kubiak, and and then I didn't have to reestablish with my peers, in my working environment, who I was. They knew who I was. Uh, and over time, you, you know, I, I don't, it's not something that I think about. Um, I, I guess I've never really felt pressure because it didn't really make sense to me. Um, only because it's like, uh, it's like, Hey, the end of the day, players want to be the best they can be. Right. So if you just focus solely on how can I make them better? and fixate on that, it doesn't matter how it comes across because that the, they want the same thing. Everyone just wants to do well. And that, and it's, it's really that simple. So whether, however that manifests itself, I, 
I don't really think about how I'm, I wouldn't know how else to be other than myself because I, I don't think about that portion. I don't sure. think about, you know, I just try to be honest. I try to try to be forthright. I try to invest and do everything I can because that player to coach relationship is so sacred. They are so, you know, it, it is, players have a very limited window of playing, living out their dream and they have a very limited window of that earning potential. And that is such a serious engagement that I would feel like I was shortchanging them if I was worried about that other stuff. And right. you, you, you try to do a good job over time and hope it works out. But I, I don't think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of a random guy, but I think a lot of people are, uh, a lot of coaches out there are that way. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't know what other way to be but myself. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of answers what my follow-up was going to be, but uh, you talked about why, how important it is and, and mm -hmm. you wouldn't know any other way to be yourself. And certainly that's that player-coach interaction. Mm -hmm. But a fan base, a media base, they seem to get caught up in some fun quips at a press conference or the sneakers that you're wearing or you know, a joke you might make that they don't get at first and then they mm -hmm. kind of realize it as you're walking out of the room. And, and does that, is that kind of noise? Is that them judging a book by its cover? Do you care if they are more caught up in that than the true substance of this guy who's dedicated his entire life to this craft and is really serious about this business? Do you, or do you even think about that? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't really think about the stuff that I can't control. And I think that, uh, here, here's the thing is, you know, I haven't, I mean, let me answer your question with a question. When, Perfect. when would you like, it's been a very short period of time where people have even been aware of my existence. When, when, maybe when, when have you heard of me? Maybe, a last year or something sure yeah um, some cool tweets or something there, yeah well this is i didn't i've been working at the this craft for a long long time and in that process there's a there's a lot of layers to myself that you just people really haven't had exposure to right. in the short term i guess because i i don't pattern myself after someone that it might be it the bells and whistles of the, cause it's new, you know, it's different. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but the, when I, I, I guess it is now that you say that I, it is kind of, I'm not sure if it's ironic or if it's just, um, you know, that it is what it is, is I pay no mind to it as long as the, you know, I think that's why the, the players and the people that I work with, there's more to the relationship. There's more to uh, what they see because they get more exposure. You know, I, I don't think it is kind of funny, but um, I think over time it won't just be that. Yeah. Um, I, I know that that would be very short lived if that was the uh, depth of what I had to offer was surprise. I'm different. <laughs> but that's not really. Right. Um, and, and I think that uh, it, it's just. Uh, a fact that you know uh, 
there's a lot of people in football that I've worked with that I've developed relationships with. I have a lot of strong relationships with players that have lasted a long time. But the TV portion and the interview portion and that kind of undressing, so to speak, of who I am, it's, it's just very short. It, it's been a short amount of time. You know, I think uh, um, it, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it bothers me. And I, I would imagine over time that uh, whatever that is, is it'll lose its luster and it'll, it'll come down to what it comes down to with everyone. And that's substance and, and results, which I've been lo- in the league long enough that at some point you have to some pay the piper. Some of that must exist, right? right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because we talked earlier about, you know, the guys breaking for the summer. And I hope you guys, you and the staff, get a chance to get out and, and get away as well. But God, how excited are you about training camp starting, though? I mean, your first training camp as the head man, seeing all the people, you know, in the, in the stands, this beautiful facility we have, hearing the pads and seeing the pads and guys actually getting at it. And then what follows that is the season. How, how, how stoked are you about that part of it, man? You know, that it's funny because I, you know, if you do the, if you do your job right, you get pretty exhausted over time. And it's been, you know, tried to leave it all out there this off season. So I I am in need for some rest for sure. But you're right. There is, it's almost like I wish it was happening tomorrow because one one of my favorite aspects uh, that's kind of lines up with maybe a life philosophy, so to speak, uh, is that the, and and one of my favorite aspects of this job is I feel like this job is all about handling adversity and real adversity comes with, with, uh, when you have the approaching season, when you have injuries, you have, uh, you lose leads, you lose a game or two. That's where I see the nuts and bolts of being a head coach. That's where it lies. Mm. And philosophically, I've always looked at life kind of that way, where it's not necessarily if but when. And it's a game of who can handle adversity the best as opposed to who can avoid adversity entirely. Mm, So that aspect of the head coaching position and this particular team and the way that they've approached the off season we've we've had adversity in the off season as well but you attack it and people get through it and become better from it it gives you a taste of what's coming up which you know is just heightened when um, it becomes live bullets. Yeah, I can't wait. No, I can't wait. I know so, you're fired up. I mean, there's no big fan. It's kind of masochistic. Right? It's like, I can't wait till there's a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> Bring it. That's, uh, I think that's kind of the, the job in a leadership role. Yeah. I think that's what it is. So, um, and I feel like you've kind of answered it throughout this, but I have it on the card, so I'm going to ask the question. But, yeah, you can take a peek. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Checks. It works out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, this is football is a zero sum game. You know, we're going to know at the end of every Sunday uh, if if the team was successful, did they win or did they lose. At the end of this season, we're going to know what the record is, and and you can evaluate success uh, in that way. But how does how does Mike McDaniel define success? Is it strictly in wins and losses? Is it strictly in what the score is at the end of a game, or is there something deeper there uh, that will allow you to define success? Yeah. No, I think. To, for me to define success, I, uh, it starts with baseline of 
I have to be completely, completely honest with myself. The reason why I say honest is that success to me is if you assess the entirety of a situation, entirety of the resources that you have and the situation in front of you. Success is do you maximize what a player, a unit, a defense, an offense, a special teams, do you get out with honestly looking in the mirror, are you getting out the most best possible result from all individuals involved? And so it is because results are, there's compounding variables in football. Um, We've all been around it where if the ball bounces this way or maybe, um, you know, we're just watching uh, Wes Wilker, we're showing um, some stuff from his playing experience. And when he was playing uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, when he was playing as a Patriot against the Baltimore Ravens, um, there's a, a huge playoff game where it was fourth and one and Tom Brady failed to get a quarterback sneak for like the first time ever but the defensive coordinator called timeout. Then the next play, they went for it again. It didn't work, but the right guard fall started. The, there's too many compounding variables, so to just black and white look at results, I, I think you're shortchanging your role as a, as a coach. So for, to me, I want to make sure that I do right by every single individual involved, that I completely exhaust preparation, that I'm completely invested and do right by the the organization in general with how I commit myself to it. And the the results, although they're important, it's much more process over product for me. And, and that and that takes honesty. You can't be insecure, um, but you also have to be uh, be able to look yourself in the mirror and be real and say, could I've done something more, or did I do enough? And critically, you know, it's hard as a coach to to not blame yourself all the time. Right. So then, but there's times that you can say, no, that is, you know, we did enough as a coaching staff or that player did enough. And this is the reason it is being critical when, when you're assessing. I think for me, that's, that's how I define success. So, you know, the, I might be sour after a win. I might be more pumped than I lead off or uh, that, that I allow people to see. I might be happier, and a loss happens. I think that that is key in football because there there are too many random things that can that that can be involved that you have no control over, uh, and that if you start just buying into the results or you're just result oriented um, and not process driven, that it can you can have a false sense of comfort or um, the opposite. You can have a false sense of anger and dismay so wow well i know one thing man <laughs> deep. 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 <laughs> i mean i mean we knew that coming in yeah right? that was to be expected yeah we're sure, gonna go man. deep in the yeah. fish tank yeah. is what we said deep so. deep we're gonna deep dive in for sure with that being said you know success is always judged a lot of times at the beginning at the end of a half and end of a game mm-hmm. so wow. with that being said we're gonna jump into our two-minute drill oh wow you ready coach yeah how many timeouts do i have yeah, well, you know what? We've changed it a couple of times. Um, so I figured I should have known he was going to ask me that yeah, question. Yeah. You got to know the, 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 know the scenario. Parameters. Exactly yeah, right. All right. So you have zero timeouts. Okay. All right. You, All you right. have 158 on the clock. 
just a little under two minutes. Where's the ball at? Ball's on, you're backed up on your own 20. Oh, that's plenty of time. Plenty of time. Yeah, 158, we're good. Let's go. Ready to go? All right, here we go. All right. Priest is going to start the clock. Priest got oh, the we clock. we got two seconds go off. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. What was the most prized football card in your collection? Woo! The 80, was it 89 or 90? Barry Sanders rookie card. 89. 89. Yeah, I think it was score. Score. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a big one. Big one. What was the one card that you never had but wished that you did? Well, uh, Jerry Rice rookie card, I think. Oh, you know what? The, um, I recently got my hands on it. Um, it's one of the positive. The positives about being the Dolphins head coach was the Dan Marino rookie card. Dan Marino rookie. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. It was strong, but it was hard to get. And after he pumped that five thousand spot in '84, like it was a, it was yeah. a hefty price that I couldn't afford for a long time. should have been. All right. Same question for sneaks. The most prized pair of kicks you got in your collection? Ooh, got a lot of shoes. Yeah, shoe guy myself. I, I used to be. Uh, yeah, I would say <laughs> most prized pair. My wedding shoes. Oh, oh, that's a great answer. Well right, played. The clock is running. We're going well to keep played. it moving here. Get right up to the line. So if you had 1998 version of this guy, O.J. McDuffie, oh, on your roster for one snap, one snap, what player are you calling for him? For O.J., I'm calling, I'm calling what we call sluggo, which is a slant and go, because the, the dude had composure, and a lot of times when you have a double move with receivers, they get all – too excited or too big for the moment <laughs> right. and ruin the whole thing. So I, I know you catch plenty of slants. So one play, I'm going to the crib with that guy. So I love it. All I right. love it. We got one, one, we got one, one, one last two. question. Tough for opponent, a Yale final exam or Josh Boyer's defense? Hmm. Clock is running, coach. Well, I mean, <laughs> there were some pretty tough Yale exams. Josh Boyer's defense. Um, is uh, uh, it's probably would take the overall cake because there's uh, there, there's so many different ways um, with the scheme and with the with the way they utilize all their bullets. So many different ways that they can get you that you could fail the test. There it is. That's the two minute drill. We'll manipulate space and time a little bit on that. Coach, you've been incredibly generous with your time, and uh, and we've been looking forward to this since yeah, the day you got here. So we have some gifts for you. We have some parting gifts for you. I'm glad to hear that you got the 1984 Tops Dan Marino rookie mm -hmm. card. But in one of your first interviews that you did with our Dolphins Podcast Network brother, Travis Wingfield, you indicated that one of your first memories of falling in love with this sport was sitting on your living room floor, mm -hmm. sorting through some 1985 Tops cards. Mm -hmm. And you had a Duper, and you had a Clayton, but you didn't have a Marino. That's right. So as soon as I heard that, I went into the personal collection. Wait. I went into the Seth Levitt personal collection and pulled this out. Wait. It's a little off-center. Um, Wait I had a, a couple minute. of them, but I didn't give you the one that was mint. But this is for you. So there wow, you go. You that now is have outstanding. <laughs> so that's, yeah. uh, that's been sitting in a box for quite some time. Dude, and he looks more athletic in person, <laughs> right, right. even though he's older. <laughs> it's the shoulder pads. We'll blame yeah, that on the is. shoulder pads. That is awesome. So there you go. You can I add that to the appreciate that. It, It's my pleasure. Oh, this is waiting. real, too. No, that's real. That's yeah. legit. That yeah. was like an actual, not bought online or anything. That yeah. was me being that same kid. And uh, I, How cool is that? I, I appreciate that. Thank it, you. It's my pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And, and Coach, when I met you at uh, Tua's Luau, mm -hmm. you know, you had mentioned that, you know, you wanted to you wish you had called your mom to, you know, get one of your OJ McDuffie cards from the house, you know. 
So instead no, of you bothering, instead no, you of you bothering your mom, you know, I've got you your own personal one. Now, do you always I mean, carry one of these in your backpack? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everywhere you right. go? Personalized. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that is, that is, so don't I bother mean, mom, all right? We're good. We got that you. That is outstanding. <laughs> wow. Personally signed, too. Got my name on it. Fins up. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Check right. your pulse. Go, is, that, is that what we say Let's when go. you get something like that? I mean, we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has been documented. Well, this was, I, I had a feeling this was going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it, it exceeded all expectations. And, um, can't wait to, I, I can't say I'm as, as excited as you because I have to imagine you're pretty excited for the season to get here, but we are looking forward to it and, and, and just thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And um, whether it's false or it's true, the enthusiasm in general, I appreciate. Yeah. Oh, it's it, real. It is true. Oh, it's real. Thanks for diving in, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mm. Good stuff. Oh, man. Appreciate it, man. That was awesome. You're now thank diving you. you. into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice, man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, dog fans, number one, of course, y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank, Okay, this one for them diehards. Celebrate big or cry hard. Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard. Old school, a new school, mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins Tales in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie. Bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it. Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in. Fish tank. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank. Don't fans with attitude, you better dive up in that fish If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.